You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Freestyle. Yo, 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 what is going on, my people? This is the Fantasy Freestyle, where we go and we spin around on our heads and we do crazy things and we talk about sports every once in a while. This is how it roll. This is how we roll on the Fantasy Freestyle. And you can hear us, of course, on American Forces Radio and the Sports Spotlight. Benny, how you doing? Eh, not too bad. I had to get up and walk around a little bit, Tony. Get a little stretch going in between shows. I, I feel like I've been sitting down for way too long here today. And, you know, sometimes you just got to get up and walk around and get the blood flowing again. But I did that after lineup lock, so I'm good to go now. So let's have some fun. You won't be a very good bus driver. Oh, no, I would be a horrible bus driver. That and the fact that I have incredibly bad road rage, so... You know, if you give me, like, a second that big, it's, yeah, like, like, I always said to my wife, like, my next car is going to be a tank, and I'm just, I'm going to wind up in jail, but I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to be like that guy with the runaway tank. I'm just going to go running over, like, people cut me off in traffic. I'm just going to run them over. Run them over. That's it. You're out. Get out. Yeah. Get done. I'm going to play it like this Grand Theft Auto. Easy. Yeah, I'm going to play it like Grand Theft Auto in real life. There you go. You think you just got a video game, and you got to maul people over so that'll be it we got a lot coming on tonight first of all espn are they do they create the monsters or do we create them because are they giving the people what they want or are they creating monsters and we just follow around like little blind puppets because they actually are putting a d-league game on tonight featuring lonzo ball yeah um I didn't realize they still had a network. Does anybody watch it anymore? <laughs> I guess. Some people have to be watching it, right? I don't think so. I mean, isn't that the point of why they got rid of everybody? Listen, ESPN, when I when we were kids, Tony, ESPN was the be-all, end-all. If you were a sports fan, you watched SportsCenter every morning, you watched it every night before you went to bed, and you were watching all your live sporting events on ESPN. And you know what? ESPN... Created the, they created the monster themselves because you know what? They went ahead and started paying just ridiculous amounts of money to get all these live sporting events on their station. And now they're crying that, oh, live sports cost too much money. Well, you're the idiots who are bidding them up. So, you know what? Stop bidding them up. And then you don't have to worry about you not being able to afford any of them. We'll come back. We'll break down ESPN. We'll break down Joe Madden. Don't go anywhere. In 2016, Scott Engel predicted an impressive second season from Melvin Gordon. Jake Seeley recommended Jordan Howard. Bobby McMahon forecasted a JGI breakthrough. George Kurtz saw a big year coming from Matt Ryan. And Joe Galena picked Rashard Matthews as one of his top sleepers. These predictions turned fantasy owners into champions, and the same crew returns this year. With more savvy calls in the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package at rotoexperts.com. Don't miss the calls that create winners. Register now and enter free radio at checkout for a special discount. Welcome back to Fantasy Freestyle with Benner and Johnny, Tony Takata. And we got things wrapping here, man. I feel like I should be in vinyl. In vinyl like a record? No, vinyl like, um, 
Um, like some of those people that are into what they call it S and M. Ah, okay. So you you're going to Marv Albert route tonight. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'll tell you right now. I think this guy comes off as a guy that's a player's manager, but it, I think he gets he gets tiresome and he gets old. And Joe Madden, I think, is a complete tool. And he loves himself more than anyone loves it themselves. This guy is a, a nut job. So let's take today's game. Go ahead. Don't you believe that you owe it to Butler to at least let him try to get the win? He, in today's game, hadn't let up a run. He had thrown 86 pitches. He wasn't great by any stretch of the imagination. But you see guys get left in for four runs, nine runs, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Don't you think if you have a 3 nothing lead, you at least let the guy try to go five innings? Now, here's my other thing, too, is I don't know if you want to save his arm for anything or whatever, but don't you have a week <laughs> off? Like, he's not going to pitch again until at least – listen, he's not going right. to pitch the first game back, so he's probably not pitching again until maybe next Monday, at the earliest next Monday. So you're talking about, you know, a, a 10-day rest. I think you could have let him throw 100 pitches today. You probably could have done it. He drives me insane. He overmanages everything. People always going to remember think he's great because the Cubs won the World. They almost lost the World Series because of his moves. Mm-hmm. They were down three to one because of Joe Madden, mm-hmm. and the team was just so much better than the other team that they ended up winning anyways. And he drives me crazy. I've seen Lester lose his mind when Madden comes out there, and and he, oh, the pitcher always should be upset when taken out of the game. But I think there's actually going too far and not letting your players win the game and the players play the game. Nobody's paying to see you, Joe Madden. No one cares about you, Joe Madden. Let the guy go and get a couple more outs. I didn't own any Butler today. I don't have him on a fantasy team. Like, this isn't me pissed off because I didn't get a yeah, win. No skin it's just one of those things I think in baseball should. Yeah, it's one of those things in baseball. And in fact, it actually helped me. Because I got the two pitches in the game that's going on now. Yeah, and here's my other thing, too, is I don't know if you've noticed this, but he changes at least one thing in the lineup every day. Like, there's never any consistency. There's always and – and I understand people are going to be like, oh, well, they got some guys that they got to try to work in. They got to find that bats for the Baezes and all that stuff. And they got to – you know, they have more talent than they know what to do with. Well, teams that have more talent than they know what they do with – aren't 500 at the All-Star break, you know? If you got more talent than you know what to do with, you're a couple games above 500, if not well above 500 right now. I almost feel like all this tinkering and all this fooling around and all this, you know, stuff that he's doing right now to, I don't know, I, it, it, it kind of feels like they're saving their team for this big second-half run. You better be careful doing stuff like that because sometimes you make that run in baseball and you still fall short of making it to the playoffs and, Really, you want to win your division, Tony. You know how it is with this wild card game right now. You do not want to be in that one-game playoff. That one-game playoff, anything can happen. That is not a fun place to be sitting. And even if you win, you uh, effectively go to the next series with your best pitcher not available to game three. Yeah, you. most of the time you're, you're setting it up so that you'd have your ace available for that game. So you're basically burning your ace before you even start. You probably only get one start out of him in that series instead of two in the next one. It's, you know, it, it definitely does put you behind the eight ball. And, and, and I actually like it, to be honest with you. I think MLB did the right thing by doing this. I do, this too. 
because you know you don't want a team that won their division and worked their butt off all year, and then you know they they go they go in there on the same foot as somebody who you know kind of snuck in there without winning their division. You should have to run the gauntlet if you're going to win it that way, and and I think that that's right. But like I said, anything you can do to avoid that one game playoff because we've seen it before. I mean, in a one game playoff, anything can happen. Carlos Correa has homered for the Houston Astros. They are up two to nothing over the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, Max Scherzer pitched a one-two-three inning in the first, but no strikeouts for Scherzer in the first inning. Uh, just a clean one-two-three inning there. And uh, Domingo Santana has got on in the first inning against the New York Yankees, uh, but there are two outs there. And Detroit and Cleveland underway. Uh, Boston scores a none in the first. And we also have the Detroit Tigers game underway. You're listening to uh, the guys on the fantasy. Uh, we're, we're the fantasy freestyle, and uh, we can just uh, go and get it done because we are freestyling. Yeah, well, that's what we do. You know, we uh, talk sports, and you know, they just keep putting us on the radio for longer and longer periods of time. Tony, that's you know, that's how we roll. You know what would have been interesting, right? Is that most sports are played with a ball? If they called us fantasy freeballing. Yeah, that would be interesting. That that would definitely be an interesting term. I think we would get a lot of uh I think we'd get a lot of new Twitter followers. I don't know if they would be the kind of Twitter followers we wanted or if they would be, you know, just random Twitter followers that, you know, just thought we had a funny name for some reason, but we would get more. Yeah, I think that's the way uh that we're going to uh take a look at this. Now, very interesting what the Rockies decided to do. If you guys haven't been following this team, this team's pitching staff has been incredible. But they got John Gray back, right? And Antonio Sensatella, who pitched well this season, was moved out of the rotation. But Bud Black says he might go with a six-man rotation after the All-Star break. Now, see, I don't like when I, I don't. I actually would rather that. I would rather them go with the six-man rotation than you know, to put him in the bullpen because Sensatella was pitching well and I don't think it makes any sense to take a guy who's been pitching well as a starter and put him in the bullpen because you and I know how it is. At some point this year, one of these other guys is going to get hurt or is going to miss a start or is going to get suspended or something. And I hate when they take a guy who's been starting and then they put him in the bullpen and then they go the, oh, well, now we have to, quote, unquote, stretch him out again to get him ready to go six or seven innings. It's like if you just let the guy keep pitching, like especially with a young kid like Senzatella, like send him down to AAA. Let him at least pitch every day. Let him pitch every fifth day and let him do his thing and let him stay on rotation so that when you need him, you can just pull him right back up there and put him in there for a spot start. So if they go with six, I actually don't mind that. I like that better than when they take a guy who's been starting. And actually, like you said, all these guys have been pitching pretty decently. I hate when they take one and they move him into the bullpen, and then, you know, two weeks later they need him, and, you know, oh, well, we got to stretch him out again. That's, you know, one of my biggest pet peeves. Now, Antonio Sensatella, when you look at his numbers, he's 9-3 and three on the season. How many guys send down a 9-3 and three pitcher? Uh, his K per nine is 6.53. His ERA, 4.58. But when you adjust that to Colorado, I guess that's not too bad. Yeah. Uh, his home run to fly ball rate is incredibly high at 18%. Uh, so all the numbers look like it's good. I mean, his ERA is a little higher, but he does pitch in Colorado. And secondly, uh, a lot of balls have been leaving the park, and that should correct. So uh, how many guys, you know, Colorado, we've been mystified at their pitching for years and what they do. 
they finally got stuff going on that they don't even have room for this guy. Yeah, I mean, they, they've actually done a smart thing, Tony, and they've invested quite a bit of draft capital in going and getting pitchers. But somebody got in their ear and said, you know, there's a certain kind of pitcher that you need. There's a certain kind of pitcher you guys should be looking for. They have a whole bunch of guys who are ground ball pitchers that throw a lot of sinkers that, you know, still will move if they throw them the right way, even with the, you know, the air up there and cores. You really don't want guys who throw a lot of curveballs or a lot of sliders when you're playing up in cores because basically what happens with the curveball is it just kind of hangs, and that's why they get hit hard. And the slider doesn't break as much as it normally does up there. That's the thing that the altitude really changes that people don't talk about, and that's the thing about course field that, that makes everything change. But if you got these guys that can throw you know, that, that sinker and, and you know the, the splitter and keep the ball down and force ground balls – you know, guys that get a lot of ground balls, they tend to pitch well there. And the other thing is a lot of these guys that they're bringing up, not only are they ground ball pitchers, Tony, but they all have strikeout upside too. So even if they do put a base runner or two on, you know, these are guys that have the ability to kind of get themselves out of some of those jams. And getting themselves out of those jams is what we need to do, and that's how we're going to do it tonight right here on the Fantasy Freestyle. A look at across Major League Baseball. Only two games with score. San Diego, uh, which was a 6-30 game uh, against Philadelphia. It's 2-0 San Diego. And Houston, 2-0 over Toronto in a Carlos Correa home run, really starting that one off. And uh, the Atlanta Braves have been shut down by Max Scherzer on two occasions right now. Scherzer through two innings. Has not a lot of hit, but it has one strikeout. So we'll come back for more with the Fantasy Freestyle. I'm brought to you by the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ezekiel Elliott. Carl Anthony Towns, Corey Seager. Those are the rookies of the year, much like the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The fastest growing fantasy sports network on radio is completely free, 24-7. Listen to us live at fntsy.com slash radio or download the app right now in the Google Play Store or on iTunes. Welcome back to the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The guy Montgomery had two strikeouts in the first inning. He's getting it done. Yeah, he was uh, half the price of Max Scherzer, and so far they got the same score through one inning. <laughs> no, Max actually went two innings to get that same score, so I think you're okay. Hey, and it, well, that that was the idea, Tony. Is I wanted to try to have at least one lineup for those of you who listen to Lineup Lock. <laughs> I wanted one lineup that had two cheap pitchers on it, where I was able to go and get every single bat that I wanted to pay up for into that lineup. Figuring that most people today are probably going with the one and one approach in tournaments. They're going to take whether it be Granke or Scherzer or DeGrom as one of their pitchers, and then they're going to go to one of these guys in that 6 7K range as the second one. I actually like two guys down there in Manaya and Montgomery, so I figure if I throw both of them in, if they can get me 40, then I can get every bat that I want, and those bats kind of go off. I'm going to have something that's 
one differentiated and two that has some upside. And you know what? I actually have some late breaking information for any of you guys out there. If you were one of those people who decided to go ahead and put the Colorado Rockies stack in, catcher Ryan Hannigan uh, is a late scratch in that game. So if you have Hannigan in your lineup, make sure you get him out. Tony Walters is going to be taken over. Uh, not exactly the greatest spot for Walters there, but you know, definitely somebody you want now that Hannigan's not in the lineup. And the problem is I believe that Tony Walters is more money, so I don't believe you're going to be able to just swap that in. It's going to cause a couple swaps in your lineup. Yeah, let me uh, give me a second here. Let me double-check on that, too, and, and see. Maybe there's somebody that stands out that we can go right to and you know get something no, uh, to what uh, Tony Walters is 20 he is 2800 so you're all you actually save a hundred bucks if you wanted to go uh, player for player there oh, okay so and there don't be fooled on DraftKings on DraftKings it does say that he is not they haven't made the correction as of yet yeah like this was just I as I literally just saw this update that Hannigan was a late scratch and Walters is going to be in there so you still have some time to go make that change if you have Hannigan in your lineup get him out because you're going to get a zero and you know if you if you want to put Walters in at least you got somebody who's playing and we don't like zeros here and the other thing is that uh you look at it uh, Brent Gardner uh, gets on base there. He isn't stealing bases like he was uh, early in the season. He is still getting on. He's actually hitting for some power. But we got to steal a base every once in a while, Mr. Brent Gardner. Yeah, and again, I mean, his power is, is false power, in my opinion. He hits for power because he's a left-handed hitter who hits line drives directly down the line in Yankee Stadium. Like, his power, if he gets traded yes. to a ballpark that doesn't have the short porch in right field, he's not going to put up anywhere near the... He, he's a he's a six to eight home run guy a year that gets double digits because of the ballpark he plays in. He's a guy that, uh, you know, uh, when you make that home wiffle ballpark, he would stand out. Yeah, we, you know, the funny thing is, Tony, that you say that is our, our park, you know, the, the backyard that we played in was actually the opposite way. So any, it was like a right-handed Yankee Stadium. There was, like, you know, the fence on the right and, and the, you know, the left field side was a lot shorter than the fence on the right field side, which made sense because we were all righties anyway. So, you know, there's a lot of home runs hit in that little backyard park at the Ricciardi residence when I was growing up. Back in the day at the Ricciardi residence? That's it. Back in the day when I was uh, just a little tyke out there. You were a little tyke and you were absolutely getting it done and then they said someday I'm going to be the man of Weehawken and I'm going to go there and people are going to look up to me and they're going to want to be me and uh, that's how it all broke down for you. Yeah. Uh, you know, look how far I've came. Life goals achieved. <laughs> One of the things we haven't talked about as of yet, of course, is the situation involving the Boston Celtics. They had to save some mm -hmm. cap room uh, to finish this uh, uh, Gordon Hayward signing, and they trade Avery Bradley for Marcus Morris. Uh, Bradley went along with a second-round pick to the Detroit Pistons, and this gets them under the cap to get uh, Gordon Hayward contract finalized and make that happen. Now, this is interesting because... You would think that people would have the Celtics knowing that they had the Celtics and knowing they had to make a trade, right? And yet they were still able to get a quality player like Marcus Morris. Yeah, maybe Danny Ainge isn't as bad a GM as everyone's trying to make him out to be. You know, he didn't want to make the trade for Jimmy Butler or for Paul George. 
because he likes the guys that he has playing the wing. I mean, you and I talk about it all the time. Jay Crowder, very underrated NBA basketball player. This guy's a great defender. You know, he can do some things on the offensive end, and you don't need him to be a big-time offensive player because that's not what you get from him. And then you bring in Gordon Hayward, who can basically play any one of the three positions between point guard, shooting guard, and small forward based on who you have on the floor and how you need him. He can play with the ball in his hand. He can play off the ball. You know, I think it makes him a little bit worse defensively. Not that Gordon Hayward is a bad defender, but Avery Bradley was an elite one. So it makes him a little bit worse on the defensive end when you lose an Avery Bradley. But we've been saying all season long, what is the biggest problem the Celtics have had? It's been rebounding. You bring in a guy like Marcus Morris. Now, Marcus Morris is not Dennis Rodman in his prime where he's going to go put up 20 boards for you and do nothing else. But this is a guy that does help out in a rebounding angle. So you do get another guy in there. Now, they do still have, and this is the, the thing, you know, they didn't make any of the moves for any of these other guys. Now, money is tight over there. They don't have a lot of salary cap room to do things. They only have, like, mid-level exemptions left and stuff like that. But they do still have a whole bunch of draft picks. So maybe they'll be able to make another move and bring in another big guy piece or something along those lines. You know, something like that could really help them out. They do have a solid five now. I mean, you're talking Isaiah Thomas, Gordon Hayward, Jay Crowder, um, you know, Marcus Morris and and Al Horford as the starters, and you bring in a guy like Marcus Smart off the bench, and you got the rookie in Tatum who you just drafted, Jalen Brown who you took last year. You know, you got some young talent to go along with some solid players. I still think they need rebounding. I still think they need size. But, you know, you texted me this morning and was like, wow, you know, they got Marcus Morris for Avery Bradley. I'm like, yeah, you know, they solved quite a few problems here. They they loosened up some money. They were able to fit Hayward in now that they made this move. They got rid of the log jam in the backcourt with all those guys they had there. You know, they traded a guy in Avery Bradley who, before anybody gets upset about it, Avery Bradley is in the last year of his contract. This is a guy who was probably not going to resign with the Celtics again anyway because they just don't have the money to pay him, and he's going to make more on the open market. So, you know, you flip a guy who's in the last year of his contract, you bring something else back. You know what this reminds me a lot of, Tony, the way that they're kind of handling things over in Boston right now? Reminds me a lot of the way that the New England Patriots do things. They don't they don't sign guys that are old and, and past their prime. You know, when guys are close to getting their big contract, they trade them for other pieces and other assets before it happens. They, you know, stockpile draft picks so that they can use them down the road. It's almost like they're taking the New England Patriots playbook and trying to use it for the NBA. So, so far, so good. I think they've done a lot of nice things, and let's see if it works out for them long term. So you think Danny Ainge will be the Bill Belichick of the world? I really hope not, man. Danny Ainge in a hoodie would just—it would look like he's trying a little too hard to be gangster. Yeah, he's a little—he's a shop dressed man compared to Bill. Well, I mean, to be honest, you and I, when we're in our t-shirts and our shorts, are shop dressed men compared to Bill Belichick. So, you know what's crazy about that story? Is Bill Belichick's original first wife was amazing, and now his next wife, his girlfriend, is amazing. So you don't have to dress particularly great, folks, to get a lot of women. Um, you just need Super Bowl rings. Yeah, that. Well, that's it. If you have a lot of money, it doesn't matter. <laughs> that's what Donald Trump said. You know, if you're famous and you got a lot of money, you can just go ahead and grab them by, you know, wherever you want to grab them by. You know that's that's a that's weird with our president, right? That he has that comments attributed to him, and uh, Bill Belichick is a guy that uh, he's had a luck off the field, he's had luck on the field, and uh, 
He just gets it done no matter where he goes, except in Cleveland. Yes, and and you know he was supposed to be the New York Jets coach too. So in New York, he didn't get it done really either. Although he was good as a coordinator, he was a solid coordinator for us. George Springer has hit a three-run homer. It is five nothing Houston. Oh God! Uh, George Springer a home run, and Carlos Correa have homered. Uh, for the Houston Astros. You also have a stolen base from Marwin Gonzalez. 5 nothing Houston Astros as George Springer. I'll tell you what, uh, they don't give MVPs at the halfway point, but if we did, he'd have to be in consideration. Oh, yeah. he's. I, I actually made that argument the other day. He's playing great. I mean, at the very least, you got to talk about him as – you know, maybe a comeback player of the year or, you know, uh, a most improved player of the year, something along those lines. But the reason why I said, oh, great, is because, you know, anybody who stacked up Houston probably used Correa and, and Springer as two of the top bats in that order. So basically right now with a three-run homer from Springer and a two-run homer from Correa already, if you didn't play those guys, you'd probably be behind the eight ball. And, you know, it's it's going to be tough to make it up tonight because I have a feeling that that Houston stack is going to wind up going off for a huge run total. Um, how highly owned was, like, Scherzer? Is, you think there's a chance that a lot of people just paid up for, you know, paid up for pitching and didn't use these guys? Because Correa and Springer are two guys that aren't cheap. No, they're not cheap, and that's what the only problem is. If you have the focus on that Colorado game as well, I think that you're looking at it there. So I'm looking at a tournament right now, uh, and I, I don't have – I'm going to go up to the top of the standings here because I don't have um, Max Scherzer in this one. Jordan Montgomery was 21% on, and Max Scherzer was 23% on. Now, see, if I knew Scherzer was only going to be 23%, I probably would have had more of him. I thought he was going to be higher than that, and I was trying to figure out ways to. Like, I was going to DeGrom, and I was going to Granky on some of my tournament lineups. If you would have told me I'm getting Scherzer at 20, I probably would have went all in on him. He was the guy I liked the best. So, yeah, so he's uh, up there. Uh, I'm looking for the two guys from Houston. I have not found a team that has these two players as of yet, as I'm high up in the standings. And uh, they might have been just too much money. So we'll find that during the break. Stay tuned for more Fantasy Freestyle brought to you by the folks at the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Many fantasy football players are focusing on their upcoming drafts later this summer. But the smart fantasy owner knows there's another big draft before the one where you pick the players. The first step in building a winner for the 2017 season is to draft the best team of experts for your preseason prep. So make the right selection and pick the squad at rotoexperts.com by purchasing the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. The Roto Experts roster features FSWA inaugural Hall of Famer and former Fantasy Football Writer of the Year Scott Engel, nationally acclaimed top ranker Jake Seeley, 2015 and 16 FSWA award winners Bobby McMahon and Brandon Murchison, and many more analysis with impressive stats. They bring you a draft package bursting with all pro analysis and in-season coverage that'll guide you to title glory. So pick the team to help you build the right team. Make your first important selection of the 2017 season now and get the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package from RotoExperts.com. Be sure to enter promo code FREERADIO at checkout for your discount. Yeah, welcome back 
Fantasy Freestyle right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The Houston Astros. I got the answer for those questions there. Uh, George Springer is only owned by 5% of the people tonight. And Carlos Correa, 3.3%. Now, see, I could. Uh, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I could see Springer being lower owned because they're going up against the righty, and Springer is a lot better against lefties. Correa, though, righty on righty is actually his better split. You know, like I said, those guys are expensive, man. It wasn't easy to fit them in. I think that probably most of the ownership on anybody on the Houston Astros tonight is as part of a stack. I don't think a lot of these guys were used as one-off plays today. So there you have it. That's where we are at this point in the action as we got more games. The New York Yankees have put a run on the board. And uh, the rookie sensation... Or he's a prospect. I don't know if we can call a sensation. Uh, Clint Frazier has knocked in Didi DeGorius uh, in this one as the uh, New York Yankees won to nothing over the Milwaukee Brewers. Hey, all right. I did uh, play Frazier on one lineup today, so that's good for me. There you go. A little Clint Frazier action. He's a guy that I actually, in my season-long league, uh, I put it, I, I won in our uh, Grand Street Tavern League this week. Uh, I need some stolen bases. He hits for some power. He can steal some bases. So I took a shot. Um, he, he might have a tough time coming back and getting there, but Matt Holliday will be back. And it looks like Holliday's going to play first base as they keep rotating first baseman uh, there as Chris Carter's been cut a couple times. Choi there. But it looks like Matt Holliday will be the guy at first base. Good. That's where Matt Holliday should be playing right now because, you know, the guys that they're throwing in there aren't doing anything. So until they get – Tyler Austin and or Greg Bird back into the mix, and those guys are healthy. I mean, what are we rolling Chris Carter out there for at this stage of his career? He's, you know, it, it, to me, it's just a waste of time and, and money. At least Holiday's giving you something. He's being a positive, you know, positive bat in a lineup. Carter, I love him, but, you know, he's not hitting, and he's not a very good first baseman, so why? Why are we doing this? Marwin Gonzalez uh, just knocked in a run on a ground out, 6 nothing Houston. Uh, the Tampa Rays are threatening against Boston in the second inning. Second and third with Brad Miller at Wilson Ramos on second and third. Trevor Plouffe at bat against Drew Pomerantz with no outs. Second and third, no outs in that one. Yeah, Brad Miller coming back is interesting. I mean, that, that Tampa Bay team, Tony... You know, they they haven't been healthy all year long. And you, you had Ramos out for the first 50-something games. You look at that lineup now, and it's it's pretty good. I mean, top to bottom, there aren't a lot of there, – there aren't easy outs in that lineup. You know, they, they go righty-lefty. They got, you know, a decent amount of good bats from both sides of the plate. You talk about the, you know, the Dickersons and the Miller and the Logan Morrisons right now who are hitting. And then from the right side, you got guys like Longoria and Ramos and Souza. Um, you know, Malik Smith, even another another pretty solid bat. You know, Tampa Bay, they, they've had decent pitching, and, you know, it's always been like, oh, well, they need to get an offense. I feel like their offense is doing better now, and their pitching is, you know, what's a little more suspect. I totally agree, and, and it's been a huge change in the way things they go in Tampa as they changed that up. And uh, we'll see if they can hang in there with Boston or if they can nail down a wild card uh, this year in the American League, because with the with that offense, we haven't seen anything. And I would love to see the American League decided by a ball that hits the catwalk. Yeah, 
I'm sure that won't create too many problems. But you know what's weird? I, I think at the moment, and I could be wrong on this, but I, I'll have to double check this. If things ended today, would it be three AL East teams in the playoffs? One, you know, whoever wins the division, and the other two is the wild cards? That is a uh, good question. I, I believe you could be right. I'm looking at it now. And you got Boston at 49-37, Yankees 44-39, and Tampa's three games over 500. Now the Kansas City Royals are four games over 500, so they would be a half a game ahead of Tampa Bay uh, in it. So it's close. There's a half game separating three teams from the AL East. Yeah, and that, but you know what? That's that's good. I mean, at least you're going to have a pretty good race going down there this year. You got all three of those teams within, what, three and a half games of each other or something going down, and, you know, this is what we like to see because yep. they're going to play each other, what, a couple dozen times between now and the end of the year. So, you know, that's what I like. I like you when you play 19 times. Yeah, and, and how many yeah, have they played? They couldn't have played year, more so. than, they couldn't have played more than, what, seven times already? So maybe ten times at most. So you're still going to get another two or three series out of all these teams going up against each other, and that's what we like to see. You know, especially MLB did a good job last year towards the end of the season in September. They made sure that everybody was playing teams within their own division, which I thought was a great thing because if you have tight races, you know, you don't want to see a race in the AL East decided by a game between, you know, the Yankees and the Padres while the Red Sox have to go and take on, you know, the defending champions or something like that. Like, you want everybody playing against each other when it gets down to crunch time. And, you know, this way the the best team that goes out there and wins the important games winds up being the one who moves on to the playoffs. A couple other interesting NBA notes. Uh, Ken Talvis Caldwell Pope has become an unrestricted free agent. Um, there, He'll be a guy that will definitely find home pretty quick. And Brian Bogdanovich signs a two-year deal with the Pacers. They, they let go of Ellis. Bogdanovich probably slips into his role. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing is right now, you know, there's a lot of deals that are going on right now that go under the radar. All the big ones that, you know, everybody sees, the big splashes are the ones that – you know, get a lot of the attention, but there's a lot of deals that are going on right now, like little things that are going to really help a team that, you know, most people just don't even think about. And that's why I don't like to get too excited about everybody gets all crazy about all these free agent signings and draft picks and everything. You got to wait until the whole picture is put together. You know, like everybody out there who two weeks ago was ready to bury Danny Ainge as the worst GM in the world. You know, now he's brought in some more pieces. He's made a couple moves and, you know, he doesn't look like he's so bad anymore. And the uh, Memphis Grizzlies have signed Tyreek Evans. Uh, he's going over there with a $3.3 million contract. Uh, I don't know how much he's got left in the tank. Interesting signing there. It's complete opposite of what the Grizzlies are known as. I mean, you're bringing in a guy who's a you know, one-man wrecking crew to a team that is very team-oriented. You're bringing in a guy who is known as a defensive liability to a team that you know is basically known for their defense. But you are bringing in a guy who can score to a team that has always had trouble scoring. So it'll be interesting to see how they get him into the mix there and how they use him. But I don't think it's a crazy move for them. And you know what? They probably got him kind of cheap. What did you say the deal was? Was it you know anything crazy or three point three million? No, for cheap. one year. Three point three million for one year. Yeah, that, that's an amazing yeah. deal for them. I mean, if Tyreek Evans, even if Tyreek Evans yeah. happens to be banged up and and only plays half the season. Heck, for $3.3 million. I mean, J.J. Redick just signed for 23 So to get $3.3 million to get a guy like Tyreek Evans, I think you're doing pretty well there. That's solid. 
Two Pomerantz escape to jam, and he, they get out of that scoreless. Uh, the Houston Astros are up to 8 nothing in Jesus. that contest. And one other signing, a guy goes back to New York. Are the fans of New York uh, lining up the streets to get a Tim Hardaway jersey as he went back to the New York Yicks? Four years, $71 million. Oh, man, the newspapers, the talk radio shows, the TV and, you know, the sports talk TV in and around the area, Tony, have just been blasting this move. And I don't blame them either. I mean, this is the problem with the New York Knicks. You got all these teams who understand that they're cutting salary, they're tanking so that they get draft picks, and they're cutting salary so they have a chance to make a run at free agents. <coughs> and the Knicks keep trying to fix the problem by patching the holes. You do not become a good team by patching holes. That's not what you do. Like, you go and make a signing like this when you're one player away and you need somebody on the wing to, you know, make you the, the superstar team. <laughs> what does giving this kind of money for four years too to Tim Hardaway do for you? You know what it does for you? I'm going to tell you exactly what it does for you out there, Knicks fans, and you're going to hate me saying this, but it's the absolute truth. It puts you in the position where three or four years from now, or actually no, because it's a four-year deal, so two or three years from now, you're trying to find somebody who you can dump the salary on, which means usually that you have to give up like a draft pick or a better player to get somebody to take this horrible contract that you just signed. Like, I don't understand. First off, they don't even have a GM right now because you just got rid of Phil Jackson. So who's making these moves? And second off, why do you get rid of Phil Jackson now? Like, you should have had this, you should have had this in place. Like, this should have been something that. You know, you already knew you were getting rid of Jackson. You had your next GM in there so that this way, when when the season opened, when the free agent season opened, you can hit the ground running. And if you're not going to hit the ground running, then do nothing. Like, the best thing here would have been if they did nothing as opposed to trying to do something to just, to just do something. If you do nothing, at least when you do find your GM of the future, you don't put him in there with his hands tied. Like, right now, his hands are tied. And this is what the Knicks have done to every GM they've brought in for years right now. I mean, when they brought in Donnie Nelson, his hands were tied. He finally made the moves to get his hands untied. And what do they do? They go and do something stupid like trade for, you know, Carmelo Anthony. And then you got guys like Isaiah Thomas and, and Phil Jackson who have been around. And, and, you know, they've just uh, tried to do the same thing as, like, piece together a team by going out and overspending on somebody here and there. Like, when are the Knicks going to learn that overspending is not the way to build a team? The way to build the team is to just say you know what we're going to blow it up we're going to stink for a year or two we're going to bring in some young players we're going to build around them we're going to try to get a superstar you know through free agency we're going to free up our salary cap space it, it just seems like you know if you're looking for absolute ineptitude in running a franchise you know the new york knicks is probably if not the top of the list definitely close to it and the Atlanta Braves started off the fourth inning with a double from Ender Enciate and a single by Brandon Phillips. It's one nothing Atlanta over Max Scherzer and the Washington Nationals. Well, that's why I wanted to fade Scherzer on that lineup and see how it worked out. But, you know, I was hoping he was going to be 40% owned and all that. So He's still pitching pretty well, though. I mean, other than giving up a couple of hits and stuff there. Didn't you say he had a bunch of strikeouts in the first few innings? He has three strikeouts in three innings, so it's not that good. Uh, we'll see. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll see how Max Scherzer uh, gets it. Uh, we got our producer JP uh, says um, the deal has a, a trade kicker too. JP, speak up to the microphone and tell us what you're talking about here. 
All right, so basically the thing with the Tim Hardaway Jr. deal that's the, even the worst part about it is if they try and trade him, that means the Knicks still have to pay 15% of his salary in addition to whatever they already have to pay him. <laughs> oh, so he's got to they like to do those things. The Knicks like to take care of these players. Like, that's one of the reasons they can't get rid of Carmelo Anthony. He's got a no-trade clause. Now they're going to give this guy 15% more. They like to make sure these guys are comfortable, it seems like. I would like to have their agent negotiate our next deal, Tony. I like that 15% trade clause. Like, if, you ask, <laughs> if you're going to ask me to cover for Dane Martinez's show when he goes on vacation, I want a 15% kicker to my, you know. To my per diem rate or something. We should get that put into our contracts. Mookie Betts has knocked in a run. Boston Red Sox one nothing over the Tampa Rays. He put a double up there, and he has knocked in a run there for uh, that game right now. Red Sox one, Tampa Rays nothing. Not a lot of scoring going on in Major League Baseball unless you're a Houston Astro. They are going fast and furious at this point, and that's what happens in fantasy baseball. The Houston Astros seem to be a juggernaut. When we got that Colorado game, uh, people right now that have stacked up the Colorado players, they're liking it so far. There's a slow night on offense. Yeah, uh, you know, you are you like that there aren't a lot of runs being scored in a lot of other places, but you're definitely keeping an eye on that Houston game. The good thing about that Houston game, as we talked about already with Correa and, and Springer, is they're not incredibly highly owned. So I don't think it's going to kill you too much, but I think that's one that everyone's looking at because that's, that's going to be your yardstick tonight. That's going to be the one you got to get ahead of. And Boston, uh, Andrew Benatetti just knocked in a run. He knocked in Mookie Betts with a single. So there you got it. We're going to come back. We'll finish things off. You'll listen to Fantasy Freestyle brought to you by the folks at the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Coming back strong here. Quarterback to receiver hookups. Running back depth analysis. Rookie values in dynasty leagues. Deep sleepers. Training camp battles. These are just a few of the in-depth features you will find inside the 2017 RotoExperts.com Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Plus, you get a full year of in-season coverage as a bonus. Get the Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package now at RotoExperts.com. Enter free radio at checkout for your special discount. Welcome back to the Lineup Lock Show, extended or fantasy freestyle as they call it, as we filled in for Dane Martinez. Coming up next, I got to admit, I suffer from addiction too, and it's uh, to Red Heat and Rage with Gabriel Amorency and, of course, Cam Stewart. We talked about their uh, their first race, and they talked about, you know, getting boxed out and the whole situation. I'd say, like, they didn't want, they didn't mention firing the jockey, and I was all about firing the jockey. Uh, <laughs> I, I would go from there. And Dustin Pedroia had a, hit a two-run homer. It's 4 nothing Boston right now. I got a bear running around in my neighborhood. Um, it was on the news. There's a bear running around in my neighborhood. That's pretty crazy. That's uh, That's probably not good. Do you have a shotgun just in case? No, I don't. And, and I, ha- I live in a gated community, and that oh, didn't okay. help. Now, if you're in a gated community, don't they have security guards? Isn't that security's problem? I would call security and be like, guy, there's a bear right. on my front lawn. Like, you know, you guys are supposed to be security. What are you doing? How'd you yeah, let this guy into the up? gated community? It seems odd, right, that the bear could walk in when nobody was looking. 
and he was today was trash day, so I think the trash day. So I think he's going to come every Friday. Well, I mean, not for nothing. That's the you know the best time to go if you're a bear and you're looking for food. It makes sense. But how did he get like? Can he climb? Did he climb? The, you know, like is this like a big gate? Like did he climb the fence or is there like? No, we. You know. No, we we have a wooded community. We have some woods that you know. Everybody tries to uh, tear down, and they build more houses. And I don't know who can afford to live in these houses, but they keep building them, and they keep uh, going up. And uh, the bears, they have nowhere to go, except they're coming to our house, and they're, they're getting in the trash cans now. And you know how you can tell what a stupid bear is? They're the ones in the recyclables. I was just about to say that. <laughs> they're the ones looking through the empty cans in the recyclables. All right. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, unless they're going to, you know, take them back for redemption, I don't think they can do anything with them. Yeah, but what would they do with the five cents anyway? I mean, you know, it's not like they can buy any food with it. They don't even have pockets. Yeah, where are they going to put it? That's true. Staying up next, Red Hate and Rage. They might make more sense. We know 100 cents makes a dollar. They're in Canada. It's a little different. Stay tuned anyways. Red Heat and Rage, up next. Up next.